and welcome back to this next edition of the Global Growth Leaders Podcast. My name is Simon Haig, and I'm staying up very late tonight to record. This is midnight here in Ireland because one of our guests is California time, and on the other side of the world is Hong Kong time. So I drew the, uh, the short straw, but you know it's going to be great conversation tonight. And I'm delighted to be joined once again by my co-host, Henry Wang. Henry, good to see you again. Good to see you, Simon, and thank you for staying up. And tonight we're wonderful to have Eric uh, from uh, Hong Kong and Moshe from United States joining us for this really wonderful discussion on ethical leadership. Well, going, let's go into it. Overcoming COVID has really caused unprecedented human and economic costs globally. Unlike prior economic crisis, which have incurred by financial bubbles or global events. This is really a global health pandemic resulting in serious negative impacts and supply chain disruptions. There are some countries which are pushing for fast recovery and return to business as usual with some quick fixes. However, there are also strong drive from various global leaders with longer term visions to build back better with sustainable improvement with ethical leadership. A good example is the recent call by the United Nations World Economic Forum and the G20, B20 on building back better post-COVID with international collaborations. Thanks, Henry. Thanks, Henry. And so geopolitically, this crisis has, from a medical research perspective, at least underlined the huge value of global collaboration. We're witnessing the development and adaptation of life-saving technologies and massive research into treatments. And, you know, there's been uh, very positive news on the vaccine front just in the last two weeks. So I feel that the, the mood on, in the globe is lifting a little bit, which is great. And we're experiencing perhaps not seen before, at least since the AIDS crisis of the 1980s, sharing of massive amounts of scientific journals, genome sequencing data and clinical trials, bringing together thousands of scientists, medics, companies and researchers globally. Um, so to facilitate greater collaboration and understanding, Henry and I are conducting a series of global podcasts with distinguished international th thought leaders from both the East and the West, um, and these thought leaders will be discussing key topical issues, including healthcare, youth, innovation, climate change, media, leadership culture, and today, ethical leadership. And we hope that these open exchanges of views with international thought leaders from both the East and the West should help foster greater international understanding and cooperation. And just finally, we're delighted that all episodes will be featured on all leading podcast channels, uh, YouTube, social media, and more. So very exciting. Over to you, Henry. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. That's wonderful. And I really, really have been overwhelmed by the global interest in our podcast. I think the theme of international collaboration and dialogue has really raised a common theme among various, many like-minded people like us around the world. So tonight, we're wonderful for us to visit our to welcome Eric and also Moshe to this uh, groundbreaking podcast on ethical leadership, which is very, very important 
mm. at this moment in time for recovery from COVID. So first to Eric. Well, it is wonderful. Thank you very much for being able to join us. And it is wonderful that you are a renowned surgeon in Hong Kong and also director of the Access Specialist Clinic in Hong Kong. I think our, our listeners globally will be very interested in your impressive career journey to date. Uh, maybe you can share some of it with us, Eric. First of all, I would like to thank uh, Simon and uh, Henry for your invitation today uh, to join the podcast. And this is uh, uh, fresh to me. And thanks, uh, Moshe, for taking part together. Uh, let me introduce myself. I'm a graduate of the Chinese University of Hong Kong. Um, I started my internship in Prince of Wales Hospital and in Tun Moon Hospital. And uh, I, uh, my training is, uh, was in uh, Tun Moon Hospital and Queen Elizabeth Hospital. I was inspired by one of my senior, uh, Dr. Ay Kid, when I attend his um, lesson to teach us about orthopedic. And I like to the feeling when my pa patients get rid from pain and suffering and back to normal life in a good function, such as after knee replacements. I always like to see the happy faces. Um, I attained my uh, professional qualification as orthopedic surgeon in 2003. After that, I further my training in Basel Helsinki, France, and Japan, mainly in spine surgery. After serving um, my, uh, in public hospital for 12 years, I started uh, to join the private uh, sector uh, in 2007. Then I started uh, my own specialist uh, center with my partner in 2009. Um, now uh, in my specialty clinic, we have uh, three specialists and uh, one uh, physiotherapist in our center. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Eric. That's really very impressive uh, global career with global experiences around the world. Well, at the same time, I'd like to also congratulate you for being appointed as a very important district governor for Rotary District 3450, which includes over 100 uh, Rotary Club and to over 2,000 uh, Rotarians in Hong Kong, Macau, Mongolia area. Maybe you can share with us some of the key activities and also your key leadership vision and aim for the Rotary Clubs and Districts. Thank you, Henry. Uh, it's my really my honor to be the district governor of uh, this uh, uh, district, 3450. Uh, my key ethical leadership uh, vision is to unite uh, all Rotarians. Um, we have our common goal, that is to grow uh, Rotary and to make our world a better place. Uh, we align with the mission statement of Rotary International. That is, um, together we see a world where people unite and take action to create lasting change across the globe, in our communities and in ourselves. Um, we all believe in the four-way test and our core values. We ask questions when we think, say, or do. Um, I think you, may, you, you, should, uh, you, you all know the four-way test. Yeah, 
yeah. is it fair to all concerned? Will we build goodwill and better uh, friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerns? We always uh, ask this question when we, we uh, organize uh, our events and we treasure our friendship and fellowship. Uh, it's difficult to have a big group gathering during the pandemic as the social distancing measures. Um, we stick to the rules and we have smaller groups gathering uh, and we enjoy being together. And um, we emphasize uh, integrity, uh, diversity. Uh, we have training for leaderships. We continue our training by online, physical or hybrid modes, depends on the situation uh, in the pandemic. Uh, we adapt to the ever-changing environment. Um, we continue our best to do services. Uh, we inspire our members to take care of the people in need. During the pandemic, there are more people uh, suffering. Uh, we encourage our clubs uh, to do services, to respond to the challenges. As people become homeless, lost their jobs, uh, without enough food, etc., It's not easy to do services in the era of a pandemic because people may are afraid that they get infected. We change our way of doing services to avoid close contact and try our best to let uh, people know uh, that there is hope. Wow, that's that's very very impressive, and I I know that uh, that's really many many charitable projects that Rotary is doing in Hong Kong and in the region, and some of these are also very much reported in the local press and is benefiting a lot of underprivileged people, the old age people, and that and that, that's really wonderful, Eric. You are showing in the leadership of the Rotary Club and, and also to your access clinic. So in, in your leadership of the Rotary Club and, and the access clinic, what, what are the important elements of ethical leadership that, that play in your leadership of these important organizations, particularly during the pandemic? Yeah. Um, during the, the COVID, especially at the start, we put uh, the priority of everyone's health uh, in the first priority. We observe the social distancing measures. Uh, we ask uh, all to be vigilant and be cautious. Um, for example, we ask people to sign declaration form for events, uh, avoid joining if they have history of travel, uh, close contact with uh, people having COVID or if they have uh, any symptoms. Um, this also applies to uh, our specialty clinic. And we rather see less uh, cases uh, than to risk the health of our colleagues uh, and our patients. Uh, we know that if the cases increase a lot, it will overwhelm the medical system. Thank you. Yes, that's important. And I think the health of everybody is, is really key. And, and I think uh, as the pandemic uh, goes around the world, we have to be very, very careful. So thank you very much, Eric. Over to you, Simon. Thank you, Eric. And, and that was wonderful. So next up, next up we have, we're very honored to have Moshe Engelberg, somebody we've spoken to a couple of times, Moshe, and we did a, a live uh, stream a couple of weeks ago 
So Moshe is founder and CEO of Research Works. Um, he is adjunct professor at San Diego uh, State University in California, author of a book called The Amare Wave, um, Uplifting Business by Putting Love to Work. And I'm actually in the middle of reading this book. I'm actually on page 105 as we speak. <laughs> and it's, it's, a, it's a really comprehensive, it's a manual and Moshe will talk about it more, but it's a manual around how love could and should be used in business. It's just, it's like a Bible. I think it's a phenomenal book. Um, and you're also a consultant and keynote speaker. So I've praised you enough, Moshe. It's great to see you. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. Good to be back with you and Henry and Eric to join you as well on this international collaborative podcast. It's wonderful to have you. So First question for you is, give us an overview of you, your career, and what you do today. Sure. Well, I started my consulting firm close to 30 years ago, and the work that, that we have been doing is about helping good organizations figure out what are the unmet needs in the market, what do their customers really want, what are the right products and services to develop, how do you communicate it, the right value propositions and so on. So a combination of research and strategy and communications. And in the course of doing that, the, the notion of being customer centric came out loud and clear. And to, to put customers first means putting egos aside. So in terms of ethical leadership, the link is to not be driven by arrogance or greed, but to say, we're going to do what serves our customers best and know that will come back karma. It comes back and serves us as well. And uh, prior to that, I went to school. I, frustration was a driving force. I got a couple master's degree. I got my doctorate in communication at Stanford and then started my consulting practice while teaching on the side in schools of public health, schools of business, executive education, and so on. And all along the common thread was, there's a better way to do this. And that led me to the realization that what's missing in business is love. So I'll stop there, but that, that's kind of a, in a nutshell. Thanks, that, that's wonderful. I'm glad you did because my next question then is, to what extent would you say ethics and even love belong in business? And I know you can talk for a long time about this because I'm reading the book, but to what extent would you say ethics and love belong in business? Totally. 110%. Um, the way I define love is energy that uplifts and connects. So who wouldn't want to give their business to companies where they feel uplifted in sense of connection? And, and love belongs in business. Everyone would say, yeah, I love that sports team or that restaurant. So we're familiar with the idea, even if when we step back and think about love and business as odd partners, they go together. Business exists to make people's lives better. That is an act of love. And the ethics come in as simply a way of being. I think leadership and ethical leadership is almost saying the same thing. But what happens is our society rewards us sometimes, like in the recession of 2008, 2010, rewards us for setting our ethics aside and just focusing on making money. And so on one hand, we say be ethical, on the other hand, we say, we'll reward you if you hyper-focus on money, and it's okay. Greed is good. We've, that, that, that was an axiom a decade or, ago or so. So we kind of, we, and as human beings, we have the capacity to have our values and ethics and to live otherwise. 
Um, so the challenge for leaders is to say, my, my thoughts and words and actions must match. I'm committed to that because that's what I believe life is about and how to function well in this society. Wow, it's, it's deep stuff. And you actually gave an example, I, I won't go into too much detail, of a, an amazing company, a shoe manufacturer, a shoe company that was, um, you know, was giving away, you know, selling shoes, but also giving them away. And you gave a, you know, a great explanation that um, while this might seem crazy to certain people, it was actually a, a business model that made them very, you know, they, they did very well out of it because it, it attracted the right people and it attracted the right karma. And that was profound. And um, so how would you see the East, Moshe, how would you see the East and the West working better to collaborate in helping business thinkers espouse increased ethical practice in business? How do you think the West and the East could learn from each other or could collaborate better? Well, I think the West is hyper-focused on productivity and the East, at least traditionally, had more respect for wisdom traditions. So for example, one book on a lot of executives' bookshelves is The Art of War. I think that should be replaced by another book, a Chinese book that's over 2000 years old called the Bhagavad Gita, which also takes place on a battlefield, but sort of the battlefield of the mind and speaks to the ideas of not being attached to the outcomes of striving for them, but being the same in success and defeat. So we can tap into the rich wisdom traditions, many originated in the East and let them infuse our philosophy in business. Wow, that's deep. And Henry, that was a bit of a history lesson for both of us. That was wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, Moshe. <laughs> and I, I, I think that's wonderful that Moshe is quoting the Chinese literatures. And certainly I would have to look up these books uh, and uh, brush up on my Chinese history and literature because I do agree that uh, we can learn a lot from, from history. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think th thank you, Moshe, for your interesting answer. Now coming to Eric. I, I think it is very, very looking ahead. What are your two to three priorities for, for leadership, uh, ethical leadership and changes and in your leadership of the ethics clinic and also of Rotary and, and in your many, many contribution to, to local communities, which, which really needs these uh, services and uh, contributions. Eric, maybe you can uh, share with us. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I really enjoy uh, the talk uh, by uh, Moshe. It's very nice. It uh, really um, is the same uh, thinking uh, with uh, the rotary thinking. I think uh, we, we uh, treasure uh, love uh, and we uh, treasure how uh, our business should, uh, should uh, perform uh, instead of uh, just uh, making more money. Uh, we emphasize of ethics uh, is very important. Yeah, that was uh, the thinking of uh, Rotary too. And uh, my top priority um, is to communicate, just like today, among leaders across uh, the globe. And uh, we, we should work out the direction um, towards uh, peace building and uh, promote uh, international understanding is uh, very important. And, and the second one uh, I would like to do is to support the environment. As uh, we can see the blue sky now, because there are less uh, uh, praying, 
and uh, less uh, pollution. And uh, the third one uh, is um, uh, we, we should uh, nurture our new generations and uh, young leaders. It's, it's very important, especially in Hong Kong after the social unrest uh, last year. Yeah, that, that are my uh, priority. Oh. That's very, very important priorities, Eric. And we really look forward to supporting you and working with you on these Thank very you. important priorities. Thank you. That was wonderful, Eric. So back, back to you, Moshe. What, what would, what's in a similar vein? What should, do you think should be the top two or three priorities for business globally to ensure ethical leadership is placed at the heart of growth? Well, I, I appreciate, Eric, what you said and the focus on young leaders coming up particularly. I think that's critical as our, our globe, our world is changing quite a bit politically, economically, and so on. And crisis, as we know, creates opportunity, both danger and opportunity. And we can take advantage of the opportunity and put ethics at the center, but make it so it's just the way it is. We don't have to call it out and say, look at that ethical leader that becomes the, the new necessity in business. So I think of the ABCs I have in my book as a framework, authenticity, belonging, and collaboration. So authenticity is, I think, a really key priority is being honest, being straightforward. Here's who I am as a leader. Here's what my company's about. And globally have that shared sense of belonging. We are in this together. And the, if the pandemic has taught us nothing else, it's that we are global citizens and what happens in one corner of the world and in a town in China can dramatically affect the whole world. It happened with a virus that has some negative health effects. It can happen on the upside too with some beautiful innovation, new ideas, hopefully Amare. So the idea of showing up authentically, the sense of belonging, we are in this together. As, as global business leaders and collaboration, where we're like you said at the outset, Simon, there's an unprecedented sharing of, mm. of data and health information and, and, and journals opening up and so on. So that kind of collaboration, and ironically, it, it speaks to greater growth and making more money. So when the goal is not making money and ethics are at the heart of it, companies do better, they make more money. Hmm. That was wonderful. And, you know, I, I don't want to jinx it, but I do have a sense that there are some shoots of positivity and hope and love emerging through the amazing work around vaccine collaboration and, and all the great work that, that, that the scientists and medical people are, are doing. And, and the other thing then is, you know, this, I think there's a huge opportunity. I, we call, I, I call it globalization, Mark, too. You know, I'm giving a speech at a, a major conference in London on Thursday and uh, this week. And, you know, I think there's a huge opportunity for the world to do exactly what we're doing. You know, responsible communication. We're not talking about politics or religion or all these things. We're talking about how we as humans can collaborate for the betterment of humankind. And, and we can do this online. And I think that can only accelerate positivity, I think. So thanks for that. That was wonderful, Moshe. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Simon and Moshe. I, I really agree with you both that international collaboration and going ahead together on this boat that we are on together on this earth 
you know, is like being in the same boat. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, we've got to learn to live with each other and, and collaborate and go ahead. So on this tone, on uh, international collaboration, Eric, coming to you, maybe you can share with us. So how, how do you think, how can various ethical leadership organizations like Rotary, Access, which you are leading, can collaborate more uh, in the world going ahead? Yeah, thanks, uh, Henry. Um, I, I do agree with uh, Simon and Moshe about the, the thinking. And um, um, we should understand the culture uh, of uh, each others and uh, be respect and uh, try to communicate more uh, using like today online method. And um, there are Rotary Cups in over 200 countries in the world. Um, we could organize uh, communication channels for our leaders uh, to start uh, the dialogue. And uh, I think the podcast like today is a really good. Uh, it will be a good example uh, for us uh, to do the same uh, in the future. And uh, thanks uh, again, Simon and Henry and Moshe. Uh, if we talk more, uh, we understand more about each other and uh, that, that there will not be any conflict yeah, in the future. <laughs> no, I, I agree totally with you, Eric. I think that's a very good point. And, and I think one, one really good example that I recently heard about, you know, un, under your leadership and, and others in Rotary here, you know, the, the Rotary clubs in Hong Kong are working to, su to supply face masks to the Rotary club in Italy during the COVID, particularly during the, the new wave, you know, I think that's a really good good example of international collaboration. So thank yes, you very yes. much. Yes, uh, oh, it, it was uh, during, sorry, Henry, uh, it yeah. was during uh, the, the most uh, severe uh, condition in Hong Kong, uh, when, uh, when we has uh, not enough uh, face masks. Uh, my, my classmate, uh, another district governor in Mexico sent uh, 10,000 of face masks to us. Yeah, and now we are going to give back. Yeah, and as you uh, have mentioned, also we give back to Italy and also some of the other countries. And that would be a very good uh, uh, collaboration internationally. Thanks uh, for reminding me. <laughs> no, thank you for mentioning it. I think that's wonderful examples of international collaboration. Thank you. No, it's, it's wonderful. And, and I, I often say, I've said it on a few of these, that 99.99% .99 of humankind around the world wants to, be, to do the same thing. We want to love and be loved. I always say that in every culture, right? And, um, and, and I think conflict has arisen because we don't communicate. We don't communicate. We have that common link. The common link is love. And... Um, and yet I think we forget that. We dress it up in complexities of life and barriers and politics and all sorts of things. So Moshe, oh, back over to you for the final question. How would you, how do you think the West could learn from the East and maybe vice versa in terms of using a heart, love-centric approach to business? How do you think they can learn from each other? Well, I think it's the sharing of practices and philosophies. So for example, 
the West has imported a lot of practices like meditation and mindfulness, primarily from the East. It's Westernized and now it's going back as some Eastern, Eastern countries are, are wanting to emulate the West. So there's a trading of practices and philosophies that I think is very powerful, but what really makes it work as this pandemic shows is the power of a shared goal. Is when we share a goal, like the cooperation, collaboration that's happening in response to the need for a virus, when we share a goal, it transcends other differences. And it says, this is more important. We're going to set these differences aside. If we can hold on to that and let our more trivial or petty concerns not overtake us, then that lends itself to incredible global collaboration. Mm -hmm. And what it means for leaders is to train ourselves to manage our egos and manage our desire for, for fame and fortune and so on, and recognize we can have all that and have our wealth serve a greater good uh, and collaboration makes it even better. Wow, that's extremely powerful and, and I completely agree. And no, I, I'm, I'm going to bed late here tonight, but I'm feeling really uplifted by this conversation. It's wonderful. Thank you both. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. I agree with you. And uh, I, I, I think it's been really worthwhile. This, uh, I'd like to thank Eric and Moshe for this really groundbreaking podcast, together with some really insightful comments about international collaboration and how we can all work together. And I think that's really, really important as we are going through the lowest part, hopefully of COVID, and then we hopefully are coming out of it with the vaccines and things like that. And, and I think I agree with a lot of world leaders are now saying this is really a warning of how things will go in future if we don't collaborate more and, and work together on some major global issues like climate change, global warming and things like that. So really thank you to, to you both. And I think they'll be really, really interesting for our global viewers. I hope they would have enjoyed it as much as I have and Simon have talking with you both. I think they will really have to listen to you many times to learn how important love and international collaboration is. No, thank that, you. To you thank both. you. Thank you. It's wonderful. Yeah, and I just like to repeat, and it's very fitting that we're having this conversation after the positive news of the last couple of weeks. I think it's fate that we're having this conversation now rather than a month ago. And um, and so yeah, so this is a groundbreaking podcast series, and we really hope that our, our listeners and our viewers get a chance to really drill in and listen to the, the words of wisdom from our, from, our, from our thought leaders and today from Eric and Moshe and, um, and listen out for further details of, of, of other exciting announcements, hopefully next year, Henry as well. So thank you both. It was wonderful, Moshe. Thank you, Eric, as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you all. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Thank you. Bye, -bye. Bye. Bye.